Well, this morning I'd like to uh, begin a little study in the, in the uh, fourth chapter of 2 Corinthians. And uh, this may end up being a little bit of a series. I'm sure we won't cover it all this morning. We may never cover it all, but uh, I don't think I'll cover all that I had intended to cover this morning. Uh, but 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and uh, and maybe begin in verse three. Uh, well, let's just go back to verse one. We'll primarily be focusing on verse four, but let's let's go back. Second Corinthians chapter four and verse one. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry. That's the ministry of Christ. As we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel that's the ministry that we're given. But if our gospel be hidden, it is hidden to them that are lost. Now verse 4. In whom the God of this age, or this world, this age, hath blinded the minds of them who believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. There's a lot of people preaching themselves. We may talk about that before we get finished, but this morning. In whom the God of this world, the God of this age, has blinded the minds of them who have believed not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So, what does this mean? The God of this world. Now, it doesn't actually say that that's Satan. <laughs> I, I certainly believe it's talking about Satan, but it doesn't say that. But I, I believe it's talking about Satan in whom the God of this age, or the God of this world. So, and it is a little g, but uh, we won't go into that right now. But what does this mean, the God of this world? What does that, what does that mean? Does that mean I have thoughts when I think of God? I have thoughts of God. I have thoughts of different uh, uh, definitions or different descriptions or different adjectives to describe God, the God. But when it says the God of this world, or God of this age, what, what does that mean? And I believe it is talking about Satan, the devil, serpent. Does this mean that Satan has complete control of this world? 
of this age? I mean, God of this world? Does it mean that the God, and, and I'll be using the word God a lot, uh, the God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Israel, God the Father of uh, Jesus, so the God is his will not coming to pass now? In this age, in this world? Is it Satan in complete control? The God of the world? And the God, the only true God, is his will not coming to pass? Is he frustrated? What does this mean? God of this world. Does this mean, can we uh, uh, decipher from this that God and Satan are equal powers? That's what we see in the movies. you got uh, powers of darkness and the powers of light, and they're equal powers and so forth. We see that in movies. I, uh, some people believe, uh, certainly that's the way it is, that God and Satan are equal powers. God's pulling this way, Satan's pulling this way, and it's up to you to make the decision which way. So is that what it is? God of this world? Are they equal powers? Or does Satan have more power? What does it mean, the God of this world? What does that mean to you? What is it? Well, what does it mean to you, but what does it mean? I guess I, I, I'm not interested in what does it mean to me, what is my opinion, or, or not what is your opinion, but what does it mean? Does it mean Satan has more power than God? Satan is the God of this world. His will is coming to pass. Is that what it means? Who is your God? Who is your deity? What God do you worship? There are other gods. Satan is, is called a god here, god of this world. When there's other places we can find this. Gods of gold and silver, etc., and we won't get into all that. But I ask you, what God do you worship? And, and I, 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 want, I want you to say, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God, the Creator, the God, the Father of Jesus, uh, uh, God Almighty, the Most High God. That's what I want you to believe. That's what I want you to say. That's the God that I worship. But are you? Am I? Whom the God of this world... To whom do you glorify? What percentage of glory does the true God deserve? What percentage of the glory does God Almighty, the Most High God, deserve? 
Is it 50-50? I'll give Satan some honor and glory. Or maybe 33 and a third. We'll give God Almighty 33 and a third percent glory. We'll give Satan 33 and a third percent glory. And we'll give myself 33 and a third percent glory. And you think, what about? What percent glory do you think he deserves? More than 33 and a third? 50 50? 80%? 20 for Satan, 20 for you and I? What percent of glory do you think he deserves? I'm talking about Almighty God, the only true God. Ninety-nine percent? I tell you what I believe. I believe he deserves one hundred percent of the honor and the glory. So who is worthy to worship? The God of this world, as we see here in uh, 2 Corinthians 4 and 4. Who is worthy of our worship? The God of this world? So these are some of the things that there are some questions that hopefully you have in your mind. Some of the things we would like to cause you to think about. Some of the things we would certainly want to, by the scriptures, answer all of these things. So let me start out again. Uh, the God of this age, the God of this world, it doesn't say Satan or the devil, but I do believe that's who we're referring to. So if we're talking about Satan here, the God of this world, what does it mean? But where did Satan come from? Where did where did this God come from? Well, I'm going to read some scriptures. I know we can quote a lot of these, but I love looking at it. In the Gospel of John chapter 1, I love looking at the scriptures. I love looking on that page and seeing it for the answers and certainly showing that it's not me in my opinion. Where did Satan come from? Well, I'm going to read something here where Satan's not mentioned. A certain time, Satan is not mentioned. John 1 and 1, very familiar to you. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. Now, I don't want to get carried away on, on this sidetrack. In the beginning was the Word. We know it's talking about Jesus Christ, uh, referring to him, and talks about the word was made flesh, but also, but that word, word, means message. And again, I don't want to get sidetracked. In the beginning was the message. Yeah, and Jesus Christ was that message. Okay. All th verse 3, all, all things were made by him. Without him wasn't anything made that was made. So, I don't see here in the beginning Satan or the devil. I don't see him mentioned. So then, every, other than, the, than the, what it states here, the, the Word, uh, Jesus Christ and God, and we could talk about the Godhead, which would be a different subject, but the triune God. That's what we see in the beginning. That's all that's listed. 
I think we have to go by this. I don't think I can insert something there in my opinion. So that's what we have. Satan's not mentioned, is he? In the beginning, Satan is not mentioned. But it says, all things were made by him. And without him was neither, not anything made that was made. So then Satan was made. He wasn't here in the beginning. The earth was made. The light was made. Man was made. The vegetation was made. Everything was made other than what we see here. In the beginning was God. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was, uh, and the Word was God. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. So that's in the beginning. That's all that listed. Everything else was created and made. Including Satan, the devil. Colossians chapter 1 tells us about the same thing. And again, uh, a lot of these is familiar. You can quote, but I, I just love looking at it. Colossians chapter 1. And again, it tells us about uh, creation and everything. Colossians 1. And 15, who is the image of the invisible God and the firstborn of all creation, talking about Jesus Christ, for by him were all things created. You remember? You remember what was in the beginning? The beginning was God. Everything else was made or created. And this says, for by him were all things created. All things, does it mean all things? All things that are in heaven? All things that are in the earth? Visible? Invisible? Whether they be thrones? Or dominions? Or principalities? Or powers? All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. So, again, in the beginning wasn't Satan. It wasn't in the beginning was God and Satan. That's not what the Bible says. Anything else would be something that I would add. Everything else was created. And let me ask a question. How many creators are there? There's one creator. That's God. Now you can talk about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit if you want, but there's one creator and it's God. The God. The most high God. One creator. Everything else was created. Proverbs 16. I want to read a scripture here, you know, keeping these things in mind. Uh, Proverbs 16. Again, we're looking, where did Satan come from? He wasn't here in the beginning. Everything else had to be created. Created. Uh, Proverbs 16, I was in Psalms, that's not going to work. Proverbs 16 and verse 4. The Lord had made all things for himself. Yea, 
even the wicked, for the day of evil. Is it true? Do we tear this page out? The Lord made all things. Again, we know what, was, we know what wasn't made. In the beginning was God. He wasn't made. He's eternal. In the beginning was God. Everything else was made. And who made it? The Lord hath made all things for himself. Yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. True? Or tear it out. I won't go to it, but in the book of Job says the deceived and the deceiver are his. Everything's God's though, isn't it? He created all things. Everything is God's. Everything is God's creation. Dolores and I will be walking or talking, and she'll see something uh, in nature or something, whatever, and she'll say, I wonder what God's purpose was for that. Of course, me, I've always got an answer for her. I can bluff her and tell her, tell her these reasons for these things, humanly speaking. But the deceived and the deceiver are his. We know who the deceiver is. God. It's, God's, it's not God. The deceiver is God's property. He created him. The deceived are God's. Our almighty gods. The deceived and the deceiver are gods. He created them. Certainly they're his. So as we think of Satan again, where did Satan come from? Well, you say God created an angel and Satan fell. That's true. But, let me ask you this, as we, as we ponder that. Yes, that's true. But think about it for a moment. God, the creator of all things, created Satan. He was an angel and he fell. But God created him, right? I mean, I think you have to agree. I don't think we can argue or debate that. God created all things. He had to create Satan. You say, yeah, but he fell. Was Satan a mistake in God's creation? Did God mess up? Well, you know he didn't, but again, these are things I want us to look at. You say, but Satan fell. And I was trying to think of a good example of that, and I can never think of good examples, so I'll give you a poor example. <laughs> Randy, there's a, as you go back in Colgrove here, and uh, they've got the four-way stop there, and, and I think there's a house, and the next thing, there's a, uh, a little drugstore there, and then they've got a tanning salon on site out there. I don't know, probably, a, I don't know what that building, probably 60 foot long, uh, maybe 80, I'm not sure. I remember when they was building it, and I remember they had the outside walls that Dolores and I was going on vacation. 
And I went by there and didn't know what it was going to be at that time, but uh, they had the outside walls up. Well, we was going, I guess, for about a week, and I come back, and the outside walls was up, and the trusses was setting all stacked inside the walls. I thought, well, that's, that's crazy. You want the trusses on the outside, and then you set them up there one at a time. If you have them on the inside, once you get a few up, you can't even get to the other ones to put them up. And, and I didn't understand. I said, well, why are those trusses stacked in the middle with the walls up? Well, come to find out what happened. And it's never happened to me, but I, I saw another building that it did. What happened, they'd put the trusses up. And, and you know a lot about carpenter work. And they didn't brace them good enough. Before they got the sheeting on it, they fell like dominoes. So they got them and just stacked them in the middle, and then later they got them out. I was working on a building up at Jackson. These were probably the biggest wooden trusses I ever saw. And I was working, I was working on a house and everything. Well, actually, we worked some on this building, too. But anyway, the, this was, it must have been, I don't know, 80 or 100-foot trusses. And, and you can imagine, I don't know what the pitch was, probably a, not much of a pitch, probably a 412 or something like that. But anyway, big, tall trusses. And I got to looking up there, and you know what a truss looks like, got the truss plates. There was, and these were like 2 by 12s and 2 by 8 and everything, and there was what we call scabbed on the side. There was more lumber scabbed on the side than what was on the actual trusses. And that's a little bit of exaggeration, but not a lot. I mean, everywhere you look, those trusses had a 2 by 8s and 2 by 12, 2 by 10 scabbed on the side of all this. So I asked the, the owner, I said, what happened? He said, well, when they built that building, put the trusses up there, and all the trusses fell before they got anything on. So that's what happened in there. They put the trusses up, but they fell. Whose fault was Human? I'm giving an earthly example. Whose fault was it? The builder. We'll say the master builder. I'm using an earthly illustration. The builder made a mistake, didn't have the knowledge or didn't take the time, whatever reason, he didn't brace those trusses, trusses good enough, and they fell. It was his fault or her fault, or their fault, whoever may want to be. But So, God made Satan. Satan fell. Did God make a mistake? Was there a shortfalling in God's knowledge? Was there a shortfalling in God's uh, uh, power? He did fall. Why did he fall? He was part of God's creation. Did God mess up? The guys that built that drugstore in there, whoever doing the framing on those trusses, they messed up. The trusses fell. Satan fell. Did God mess up? Was Satan an accident because of God didn't have the knowledge and didn't create him properly? Or 
Is there a purpose for Satan? Was there a purpose for his falling? And people say, well, don't blame God for it. I'm not blaming God. In all this, we'll see the Creator gets all the honor and glory. So I'm not blaming God. for it. So don't say, is God the blame? Is God, well, is God the Creator or not? Did He create Him? Did He mess up when He created Him? Was Satan an accident? Or was there a purpose for Satan as we know him? Is there a purpose for Satan being the God of this world? So is there a purpose? So Ecclesiastes, this is a, uh, uh, the third chapter, very familiar. Song, we talked about songs before services. I think it was in the 60s, maybe 70s. Uh, I didn't know this was, the, the words of the song came from this, Ecclesiastes, third chapter, it's everything. So let's look at this to answer a question. Is there a purpose for Satan as we know him? Was there a purpose in Satan falling? Was there a purpose for it? Or did God mess up? Or did God make a mistake? Or did he not have enough knowledge? Or is there a purpose for Satan and him falling? Ecclesiastes 3 and 1. To everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. So there are purposes. I was hoping I wouldn't say purposes. <laughs> there, there were purposes for everything under heaven. And there is a season and a time for it. And then it goes, well, we're not going to get through this anyway. Let me just read a little more. Starting verse 1 again, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born, time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get, a time to loose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time uh, to speak. A time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, a time of peace. So, according to this, every, every, well, who sets the time? Well, <laughs> the Almighty God. The creator, he sets the time. And he has a purpose for everything in its season and in its time. Now, I being what I am, unless he reveals it to me, Randy, I don't always see the purpose. Does that mean there's not, he didn't, that God didn't have a purpose? No. It means he hasn't revealed it to me yet. So who sets the time? Well, we know it's God. Who has the purpose and purposes? Well, it's God. And he sets a time. A time to be born. I just went to a funeral or, uh, or uh, 
person, I didn't go to the funeral, I went to visitation, and uh, uh, Friday, and uh, another person that I went to school with, grew up with, around a little village of Waterloo, and, uh, and he passed away. It was a time. It was his time. Who sets the time? Satan? Satan set the time? We know that's, that's Almighty God. Now, so I, I think we can debate that, but I think we can mostly agree on that. That God sets a time and he has a purpose. God, we may do things and not have any purpose. Why'd you do that? <laughs> when I was a kid, what, Dad, why'd you do that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You ever hear that, Phoebe? I don't know from your kids. I don't know. Didn't have a purpose in it. Maybe I did, just didn't want to admit it, but sometimes I don't know. I'm, just, I'm going to tell something stupid on myself. I remember I was uh, about four years old, maybe three. I was between two and four years old. And listen, you have to forget this after I say it. You can't bring it up to me. <laughs> but you remember the little bottles of lighter fluid, little cans of lighter fluid, and had the little red top on top of it? Well, I had one. I guess I got it out of the trash, no doubt. And that little red top, and it had a little split in it. I, back that time, they just popped off, wasn't threaded, and it had a little split in it. And me, a little kid, two or three years old, I saw that, and I thought, hmm. I think that'd fit up my nose. And it did, fit real good. Very snug. <laughs> my dad had to take tweezers, get it out of there. Why'd you do that? I don't know. I didn't have a purpose in it. But with God, he has a purpose. With God Almighty, he has a purpose for everything. Whether I understand it or not, whether he's revealed to me or not, he has a purpose for everything. And there's a time for it and a season. Uh, verse 11. He hath made, who's he? God Almighty. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. You know, he has a purpose. And he has a season and a time for it. And it's beautiful. Now, me sticking that red cap up my nose, it wasn't beautiful. There was blood running and everything. Uh... Of course, we didn't go to the hospital, things like that. Dad just had the uh, tweezers, got it out. Daddy, I'm thankful he didn't take his pocket knife. <laughs> you cut it out. Well, you put it in there, I'll get it out. But anyway, I'm joking there. But uh, he made everything beautiful in his time. True. Or should we tear it out? No, no, we'll tear it out, Phoebe. Made everything beautiful in his time. He had a purpose for it, and it's beautiful. 
And beautiful may, means, you know, uh, uh, comely, fair, pleasant, well, goodly. So he made everything beautiful. He had the purpose for it, and he made it beautiful. He made it goodly. He made it well. This is the creator we're talking about. The Most High God, God Almighty, who created all things. We know what was in the beginning. In the beginning was God. Everything else was created or made. You, have, you can't argue that, folks. You cannot argue that. Or you can't with scriptures, I'll put it that way. So then, Satan is real. He wasn't there in the beginning. He had to be created. Who's the creator who created all things? And he created all things beautiful. He created all things well. You might classify that as, as blasphemy whenever I say he created Satan. What else? Who else created Satan? Where did he come from? I think we've already established that. Certainly not blaspheming. But he created Satan. And said everything was beautiful in his creation. I may not look at it as beautiful because I don't understand. But I'm not going to question God. Again, this beautiful means comely, fair, pleasant, well, goodly. So Satan was created well. A beautiful creation. Now, the guys that was building this, this uh, drugstore in there, at this point in time, it wasn't a beautiful creation. It was a mess. They messed up. But not God. Not God. There's no plan B. He created everything, a purpose for everything. It was well, it was goodly. Uh, if I created a tool that you put your arm in it and push a button, it just snapped it off. Would that be a beautiful tool? Would it be a goodly tool? How about if you was trapped in an automobile wreck and only seconds they could get you out of there and get some bleeding stopped and everything like that, and they brought this thing we call them the jaws of life that cuts that metal off there and gets you out of there. Is it a goodly tool? And the answer is yes. Now, I may use that same tool to cut off my arm, but is it a goodly tool? And yes, depending on what it's using, it's a goodly tool. We call them the jaws of life. So it's beautiful, it's goodly. Uh, I've got, I, I'm going to take a little time here. I, I brought some tools. I've got some setting up here. We've got a, a cordless drill, cordless screw gun. I love the cordless tools. Tape measure is a tool. Screwdriver is a tool. Plumb bob. And I use that and used to use it. I know they got laser and everything, but I like using a, a plumb bob. Uh, anyway, I've got 
Let's see. I've got a wrench. I've got a, we call it a crescent wrench, but we call it adjustable wrench. Crescent is a brand name, but it's a wrench. I've got a distributor wrench. They're, you use them on the older cars, get back on the distributor to tighten that bolt up and everything. Most of them don't have distributors nowadays, but got one. I've got a wrench under the basin of the sink and everything. It's, it's a little stuck, but you know, it sinks in your way. And Randy, you've used them. You get up there and you can tighten them uh, uh, fittings up on the faucets and things. That's a wrench. This one, we call it a monkey wrench. Pipe wrench. These are all, but there's a specific purpose for each of these. Uh, oil filter wrench. There's, these are all tools. And there's specific uses for these tools. Hammer. This, this one is for driving nails or pulling nails. Here's a masonry hammer. You can chip some bricks and blocks and things. This is a, a body hammer. This is a, what they call a dolly. Sometimes you're hitting on metal. You don't want to just mash it in. You've got a dolly that goes behind it. But these are tools for specific things. This is also a body hammer. It looks kind of evil and wicked. Got that long point on everything. Looks like, boy, that's, that's evil. That's wicked. And you can use it to shrink metal and things. Uh, I've got pliers. I've got, we call these channel locks, but that's a brand name. Water pump pliers, they're called. Adjustable pliers. Lineman's pliers this is the name of those. So I've got uh, side cuts for cutting wire and things. I've got uh, tin snips for cutting tin stuff. So I've got, but these are all tools. Now, I didn't make them. There's not a, again, I, all I can give you is a poor example. Can't give you good examples. But these are all tools, and there's specific purposes for those tools. Now, if I was, <laughs> comes to mind this, uh, Liberty Insurance commercial with the, the igloo or the emu. He's on the car and he said, hand me a socket wrench. I think he hands him a tape measure and hand me this and he hands him a teddy bear or something like that. But there are specific tools for specific things. This might not be good, Betty, for baking a cake. But you got mixers and things that specifically for that. But that's not the purpose for this. But there's a purpose for it. So there's tools. Again, I didn't make them. It'd been a better example if I made them, but I, I didn't make them. Uh, so God created or made everything. Because in the beginning it was only God, Godhead, if you will. Everything else was made or created, including Satan. 
We said that the seed and the seaver is his. He created all things, even the wicked, for the day of evil. So, since God created all things, I don't think you have any argument against that. Then Satan is God's creation. I don't think you have a scripture argument against that. Then we also said, the scripture also said, he made everything beautiful in his time, in its own time. There's a reason, there's a purpose for everything. Even Satan, even Satan. Is Satan a goodly tool? As I said, I've got tools here, and they're all for specific purposes. And let me just, let me tell you, we'll back it up. Yes, Satan is a beautiful and a goodly creation. He didn't mess up, Betty, when God made him. He created many tools. He has, God has, the creator has tools. Rain is a tool. Wind, he brings the wind out of his treasury. Sun is a tool, light's a tool, darkness is a tool, Satan is a tool, Holy Spirit is a tool. But how could Satan be a goodly tool? How could it be beautiful? I mean, it has to be. How could it be a goodly tool when he brings evil? I won't go back there, but I think a good place to help us to understand this. You remember uh, Joseph, when his brethren cast him into a pit, sold into slavery, end up down in Egypt, uh, end up in prison and everything. Of course, later he ended up being the head of, he interpreted a dream head over all Pharaoh's affairs, and, and uh, really through that, you know, the seven years of, of planting, the seven years of famine, and through him being uh, placed in that position, the whole nation of Israel was saved from starvation. But what did, so when, whenever Joseph made himself known to his brethren, they were terrified, weren't they? So he's going off with our heads. But what did Joseph tell them? He said, you meant for evil. So no doubt, I have no doubt, this tool called Satan. I got names for these, a lot of these tools. Well, Satan is a tool, and he has a name. Satan, devil, serpent. I've got names for a lot of those tools, specific purpose for them. So I have no doubt that Satan was a tool used to cause Joseph's brethren to cast him into that pit and sell him into slavery. I have no doubt Satan was used for that. It's not mentioned there, but I have no doubt Satan was a tool used by God to do that. 
But how could that be beautiful? Well, again, he, uh, he told them, he says, you meant for evil. That's the Satan part. But God meant for good. It looked evil. Satan, uh, again, doesn't, don't record the, the words and things, but Satan, I do believe, was a tool used, calls in the jealousy and, and the coat of many colors, etc., and, and calls them or a, a tool that God used to cause them to, to cast him into a pit. But through that, what was the goodly part? The whole nation of Israel was saved from famine. They would all died and been wiped out. So ended up, Satan, by causing him to cast him in the pit and send him into slavery, did a good thing. Beautiful, good, well. Now that wasn't Satan's intentions. It wasn't their intentions. Whose intention was it? God's. God who created that tool, God who used that tool. And I, let me mention Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for good. Them love God, them called according to his purpose. Did it work together for good? Yes. You say, well, that means you know, some bad things happen, then God turns it around and makes it good. This was God's plan all along. And it tells, well, I think the 45th chapter, and tells over in the 50th chapter again, it said, you meant for evil, but God meant for good. Another, oh, well, give me five more minutes. Uh, Acts 4.27, as I heard one of the tapes kick off. Acts 4.27. So, um, we're looking evil, and Satan was used. But was he a goodly tool? Did he have a specific purpose for it? Something that was meant for evil, did it turn out to be good after all? Galatians, uh, or Acts chapter 4, verse 27. I'll try to rest. For I'll be true against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod, Pontius Pilate, and the nations and the people of Israel were gathered together. What were they gathered together for? Pontius Pilate and Herod and the nation and the people of Israel, what were they gathered together to do? Verse 28, to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. What, what, were, they, what were they gathered together to do? For Jesus Christ to be crucified. That's what they were gathered together to do. Now, it says God before determined to be done. Did God before determine that Jesus Christ was to be crucified? Oh, yes. He was as a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. That was God, not plan B. This is God's plan all along. So, I certainly believe Satan, the tool called Satan, was used here on Pontius Pilate, Herod, and the people of Israel. I believe he was used, crucify him, crucify him. I, I believe all my heart that tool of Satan was used there. But God used that, God created that tool, and God used that tool. You say, but was it good? 
Was it a good tool? Did it serve its purpose? Did they crucify him? That's what God had before determined to be done. It says to, to do whatever uh, thy hand and thy counsel determined for to be done. So God had determined for him this is what would be done and what was to be done. Jesus Christ was to be crucified. Is that a good thing? This is our salvation. This is our way. This is the only way. This is our sacrifice for our sins. This is our atonement. This is our redemption. This is our eternal life. Without Jesus Christ going to the cross and dying and resurrecting, we would have no future except a lake of fire. God created all things, even the wicked, for the day of evil. The deceived and the deceiver are his. They may mean it for evil, for Jesus Christ to be crucified. Satan may have meant for evil. Herod, Pontius Pilate, and, and the people of Israel saying crucify may have meant for evil, but God meant for good. Was it good? Was the method and plan of your salvation good? Yes. Without Jesus Christ going to the cross and resurrecting, you'd have no salvation. There'd be no salvation. All there'd be would be the lake of fire. Did Satan mean it for good? <laughs> no. He didn't mean it for good, but Satan was a tool created by God for specific purposes, and he was used here as well as in other places and performed beautifully. Exactly, that's exactly what's supposed to happen. But Satan <laughs> didn't know. It, it all kind of <laughs> went against him. And, and what he, these things he did to trying to be evil, was it evil after all? No, work together for good. Through this, we have salvation. Without it, we have nothing. So, as we, as we look at this, and whom the God of this age. So, how do you look at Satan? He's the God of this age, but what do we derive from that? Is he God Almighty? No. Is he to be worshipped? No. Does he have equal power with God? No. Where did he come from? God created him. So as we look at this, I, he may be the God of this world that God created for this purpose. I certainly don't want to be guilty of worshiping him. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.